לשידור ישיר ממחנה רמה בברקשיירס. שלום,ברי,ג'ייני,צ'סלר,סלמצ'ק,ג'ייני,סקול,אוף,לונג,איילנד,אינס,גרייט,טו,סי,יו,פרסט,אוף,בפור,בפור,בפור,בפור,בפ
how that voice is being issued to him. We don't know what modality is, but he just, it's like, you know, he, mm, you know, it comes to him and he goes because and he responds. Yes, he goes. And, the, and the, the content of what is being said to him is not determined, right? It's just leave your land, your birthplace, and your father's household, El Ha'aretz Asher Areka, to the land which I will show you. And it's not disclosed, right? It's not. And then I think it also gives a little bit of an explanation to what happens once he gets to the land. Because once he gets to the land, he's going to travel around from place to place. And in some of those places, he's going to hear the voice of God, okay. which is going to confirm that he got to the right place. Okay. Right? Because he has to know, when God says, go to the land I will show you, which is not exactly something you could punch into Google Maps, he has to know when he's arrived. And the communication, as we were talking before the show began, is, is sporadic. You know, it's it's very human because Avram trusts in something that does not show itself always to be trustworthy. So, so what I want to say is that he gets this one flash, and he follows it, and that the 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 following or the listening to it accords him a certain kind of status. That you, you, what you're saying here, your premise is that nobody else is going to do that, which which we don't get, we don't have evidence of that or the text. So I, I I like what you're saying. I mean, it's compelling given you know what we know of Abraham from the later story, but but I, it's it's not satisfying me. It's not. I want more. I want. I well, want that's a, why we have Jeremy. Exactly, Jeremy. Why. You want to okay. chime in here? Okay. Why? I'm going to take a step. Take a so, step. So, so you know, take your best shot here. I'll, I'll take a couple of steps. First of all, um, we're always. You know, the, the Jewish traditional literature, Midrash, rabbinic, rabbinic stories, Maimonides, the, the seeming arbitrariness it seems to be a problem for them, too. That's why they come up with the story, yeah. the, the most famous, one of the most famous stories in all of rabbinic literature that people still are like, wait, that's not in the Torah? The, the smashing of the idol story. Um, Abraham in that story is portrayed to be the person who really you know, fights idolatry and recognizes the silliness of idolatry, and and that's that's why it's a sophisticated you know, story. It's it's wasted on children. It's a he's a, a prodigy, and he's making a really important statement here about the narcissism of idolatry. But it's, it's, a, it's a tremendous, tremendous story. There's another story in which Abraham is portrayed as recognizing uh, that that God is the master of a virado leket which can be read positively or negatively, a, a palace full of light, so beautiful, and the palace is not an accident. Um, it's it's in the hands of the divine. Or that story, same story can be read negatively, which is the palace is in flames, it's burning down, and then there is an insistent, an insistent divine who says, take care of this, you know, be a fireman. Um, and, you know, those stories are stories about, there's something about Abraham's capacity to recognize that that makes him particularly worthy to be the God's breed partner. But I would say, uh, in a verse from this week's Haftarah, this week's Haftarah is is uh, is from Isaiah, and it includes the phrase, "This is you are my servant Israel, descendant of Jacob, whom I've chosen." Is Zera Abraham Ohavi, the the uh, the seed, the the descendants of Abraham Ohavi. 
which I, the word we can you can translate it in a couple of ways. It might be parallel to even though the, the, the word is an active verb, Abraham who loves me. Maybe it means whom I love. Maybe God is saying, you know, I chose Jacob and I loved Abraham. That's one possible reading. It could be, um, it, it could be that Abraham um, was my loyal friend, and, and in fact, to this day, in in uh, you know, Ar Arabs call the city of Hebron El Khalil the friend, because it's the same same tradition that Abraham really he was God's just good friend. He hung in there. He's loyal. But I would like to say with, with Rashi, Rashi's comment on that verse from Isaiah is just brilliant. It says, Abraham did not come to recognize God because he got punished, because he heard a report from his ancestors. He came to recognize God only because of love. Abraham was a lover. I, I am so moved to think that our religious nation, our religious tradition, what is our real founding? Our real founding is that we love God, that we that we looked at the universe, we looked at the master of the universe, and and that we have love. This is a story maybe about God chose Abraham, that God fell in love. I, my own personal religious view, I'm much more drawn not to um, God chose the Jewish people, but the Jewish people chose God. That we, not the chosen, but the choosing people, that, that, that Rashi, that, that it's all because Abraham fell in love with God. That that's what started the relationship. To me, that's just a home run. Yeah, that's okay, okay, okay. But I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you on that because because the text doesn't support you. I mean, the text supports. Oh, you you no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. I you know go to Deuteronomy. I happen to have Deuteronomy right here. Deuteronomy chapter seven. Deuteronomy chapter seven verse eight. Okay, I underlined it. Okay, it says right. Lo uh, not because you're great, not because you're number, of all the peoples. God desired you and chose you because you're the littlest. This is true. This is true. God loved you. God loved your father. I love that line. That God has a special relationship with your father. Okay, so so the brilliance of Isaiah is that Isaiah is turning it around and saying, no, 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 no. It's, he loved, uh, Abraham loved God. And you're saying, you're Isaiah, and I'm Deuteronomy, okay? Okay, that's good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the book Welcome. and the prophet. No, but this is, I think, look, this is this is the important dialogue within the within the Bible itself, that the Bible... Look, we mentioned Yisrael Knoll when we were studying Yisrael Knoll, a very important uh, scholar who has a, a lovely little video out today in, in Hebrew. And, and and he's talking about the fact that, you know, he's asking this question and, he, and he's saying it's because it's irrational. God loved him. God loved him. And how do you how do you how do you explain that? How do you explain a choice? You know, he, he goes and he says. People people choose all sorts of mates. They choose. They are. You, you you don't know why they choose who they choose. You know. You stand outside of a relationship and you go like, why did he choose her, and why did she choose him? Right. It doesn't make any sense. There's no rational basis to this. And so maybe we're saying there's no rational baby. Abraham's not better. Or maybe there's something quali something qualitatively different about him, and that is. He he does listen, and you said that Barry. He, he's a listener. He he he's a striver there, and he's obedient. But and I'm going to add this: he's obedient, but he's also 
pushing out against. Okay, and that that's born in the story. The story. I, I would I would even you know uh, understand that the the defiance of Abraham is at the beginning because God says lech lecha, which I understand it's singular, right? Go yourself, and he can't go himself. He's got obligations. He's got his nephew. He's loyal to his you know deceased brother. He's got his wife. He's loyal to his barren wife. He knows already. He's 75 years old. He's, he's married to her for decades. He knows that there's a problem. He's loyal to her. And he's going to take all the people with him. He's loyal to them. He's not going by himself. It's almost like God is saying, I want to build from you a new nation, right? And- I, I, can't, I can't go with, um, I, I, I cannot go with, uh, you were supposed to be uh, all by yourself and diminish these relationships, these these obligations and these loyalties and this love and all the people who who accumulated to why him not Haran. why uh, not i think it's so compelling you know not that not that you or i or anyone else would do it but if someone said if, if you got a voice from heaven and said okay jeremy okay Elliot, go out go 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 somewhere else leave everything because i'm god i'm telling you go and i'm going to give you a land you're going to start over you're going to make a whole thing right Look, a lot of people did that when they came. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, the, the reason that I cannot go with that, I, the reason I think it's not compelling, is how can you um, build a new, uh, there's, there's there's no possibility, I don't think, that you know, God wants Abraham to build, I will make you a great nation. So how can you start building nationhood? How can you start building this corporate togetherness? Togetherness by 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 leaving alone. You know, Jesus. Um, oh, yeah. I, not that I know the Christian scriptures very well, but there is this. There's some passage I know in which um, Jesus says to the disciples, "Every one of you has to has to um, hate your parents and leave your parents and follow me. You have to cut off the prior relationships to uh, to found the new relationship." I find that um, uh, dubious to say the very least. I think that the new relationships. I mean, of course, you can imagine that somebody's in a very toxic situation and they got to cut loose before they can start again. But I think in general, this religion, so, so social, so familial, um, yes, couldn't that, start, couldn't start by cutting off. Society. Okay, so but but that's that's Abraham's defiance here. I, I I see him in this way as as saying, look, I, I can't do what you're asking me to do, but you're 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 talking to me. I'm going to do it on my own terms, okay? So I concur with you in that in a sense that that he that that's that's what makes him interesting, right? There's a little bit of independence here. There's defiance here. and and he he ends up make trying to make a new nation. It's because of Sarah later on in in our parsha, Sarah says, look, I mean, you know we're not ha- we're, it's not happening, you know, here. Take Hagar and make her, you know, sleep with her, and you'll have a child. And and Abraham says, "Okay, oh, I guess, I guess." If you insist, I guess I have to do that. <laughs> oh well, okay. And then she 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 treats her terribly. Okay, uh, jump in I, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that whatever. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm I'm not gonna go down. That that's that that's like a sort of a a, a, a failed iteration. Uh, I, I can't see the master of the world making that the the desirable path. So I think that we have to recall the original command was to leave the land. 
It wasn't to leave the people. which is land, and Beit Avicha, which is also a land. It's a place. It's not a person. It's the you have to leave the place. You don't have to abandon. Right. It's the physical environment, not the people who populate the environment. And I think that it's important to keep that in mind because Avraham, or Avram as he is for for now, cannot do this by himself. And I, I think we have to give that a little more force. Sarah, I agree with Barry on this. Sarah is the covenantal partner. You know, that line, Kola Nefesh Asher Asubacharan, which shot, simple semantic meaning really means the property, but the nefesh that they made in Haran, the the rabbinic comment is that Abraham converted the males, Sarah converted the females. They were covenantal partners. That that to me makes uh, makes the whole thing hold t- together. It, yes, and and think that that becomes a consolation because she she sticks it out with him, right? Especially you when know, he does something really but, bad. But I, look, the reason why I say what I go down this road is because. In verse four, when it says, you know, after you know he's told he's going to be great, he's going to be a blessing, which is uh, you know big big talk, it says Vayelech Avram. He goes just Avram. Vayelech Avram. Kasher diber elav Right, and that's why it mentions Avram because Avram is the only one who heard God's voice. And then it says, so only Abraham wait. can go. As God commanded, because he's the only one who knows what God commanded. But then, so I, I picture it as he's going, and then it says Vayelech Itolot. Look, so so it's like he leaves the house, and like where are you going? Where are you going? I'm coming with you. I'm coming with you. Vayelech Itolot. That's the, I'm following you. And Avram Chamesh, he's seventy five years old, and then Vayikach Avram Etzara Ishtovet Lot Benachivet Koruchusham. He he realizes. When Lot runs after him, wait a minute, wait a minute. I gotta do this with my my retinue of people. I got I can't go by myself. I can't no. I can't do this by myself. That's the word, that is greatness. The word, the word retinue is is quite interesting here because among other things, um you know, we see Genesis 14 is a is a strange chapter. Abraham's fighting a war and he's got a Staff of 318 warriors with him, and they are called Baalei Brit Abraham. Abraham. Um, they they are called you know covenantal partners with him, uh, or maybe means henchmen. I I don't know exactly what Baalei Brit the, the what English word you'd want to use here, but Abraham is I think obviously there's a way in which he is a lever behinder, um, but there's a way in which he's a Brit maker and a togetherness maker. And uh, and the the Isaiah line about friendship being and, and love being the the signal characteristic of him as a person, that's working for me. Uh, and cl- clearly, clearly he's a founder, and that means a, a breaker of the past. But I also think he's a bridge builder, which speaks to me at least at least in fifty seven eighty three. That's the that's the thing I'm reading in Left Without this year. Yeah. Okay. So so he's he he makes relationships with people and. And we do see that play out in, in the later stories. He, he he's regarded with tremendous respect and affection in in the land. He he has all sorts of relationships, even in this story. I mean, 
you know, in that story that you mentioned, you know, the 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 um, the, the the war, Malkitzedek, you know, a local a local chieftain, a local lord, blesses him. I mean, he there's something formidable about him, and 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 that, you know, it's left to us to try and interpret what that is. Let me let me go change the subject here because wait, wait, wait. go ahead. Good. Just one one last thing, you know, we're talking about. I don't know. I don't know how far you want to change. I mean, obviously, you're staying staying in Lefaha, but um, the Hebracha. Yes. The rabbis have the Talmud has a um, has a, a little uh, little turn on the line the Hebracha, which is which is quite nice. And for those of us like myself who who daven with the matriarchs and the Amidah too, it's it's it works out. Is Hebracha, you shall be a blessing. Um, we will say in the Amidah. Elohei Abraham, Elohei Yitzchak, Elohei Yaakov. This is the Talmud's reading. They, they haven't added the Imahot yet. But the Chatima of the blessing is Magen Abraham, Vehei Abracha. You'll be the blessing. Other, the other people will be in the body of the blessing, but you will be the Chatima of the blessing. You'll be the, you'll be the Baruch HaTaprez. And I like that very much because it's no slight against Isaac or Jacob um, that they're not the capstone of the blessing, but there is something so unique about Abraham, so foundational about Abraham that that even though we are the children of Isaac and even though we are the children of, of Yaakov for sure, uh, and certainly of the of the matriarchs as well, the 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 big round of applause that comes with Baruch Hashem Magen Abraham, like that's that's the best thing that we can say about ourselves to be that blessing to be the the inheritor of this this particularly special figure. So uh, as you mentioned, I want to talk about it just for two seconds, which is. To be a blessing, okay, it's it's really not clear what that means. And and here you 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 you've nailed the the Talmudic tradition, which is he is the blessing. He is the blessing, the Khatima of the of the first paragraph of the Amina Magin Avraham. But I'm wondering if if it's not possible to make it, you know, to say, look, you know, the Torah uses a lot of metaphorical language. You know, all poetry uses a lot of metaphorical language, you know, Simon and Garfield, I am a rock. I am an island, and you are the walrus, and, you know, Heschel, you are a piece of art, and other metaphors. Why can't this be a metaphor? You are a blessing. In other words, you are a piece of godliness. You, so you, I, I think closer to the Peshat is not that you're a piece of godliness, but you're the bearer of God's word. That's what yes, it means to be a blessing. Exactly. So, and and so that fits in with the rabbinic tradition, because how do we make a blessing? We invoke God's name, right? That's to be a blessing. So, so in other words, you're a walking blessing. Okay, you are, and it's like I, I, I like to say in a different kind. You know, the the people of Israel in the Bible, they they see themselves as a vessel for the name of God. So here is Avram. He's a he's he's blessing in motion, right? And so everyone sees him, and everyone gets a kind of you know charge. From him because of the of the kindness of the quality of the independence of the power of the strength of the of the remarkable qualities that that he has and that so it's just to follow up after it says ve'yei bracha it says va'varachav mevarachacha mekalalcha asher or or that I will bless you I will bless those who bless you. And all the nations of the world will be blessed by you. Yes. And that could only be, I think, because Abraham is charged with bringing God's word to him. To the word, yes. So there's the, there's that, and we call that the Jewish mission, okay? So now, 
He gets to the land, all right? I want to try this one out on you, all right? So by Avor Avram Baaretz, Ad Makom Shechem, he goes to Shechem, to Elon Moreh, Vakrani Baaretz, and the Canaanites are in the land. And then he, God appears to him again and says, Lezarecha Atena Ta'aretz, that's in, in Shechem. He builds a, an altar there, and then he picks up and moves. And he goes, Vayatek Misham Ha'ara, to the mountain. Mikedem Levetel, that's, uh, which is east of Bethel, and he plants his tent, he pitches his tent, Bethel is to his west, and I is on the east, and he's on a mountain. So my question, and he builds it. I think you would say me here, and I. Why, why does he leave? Why does he go to the mountain? So I'm, I, I offer this, is he wants more. He wants to go to the mountain the same way that Moses will go up to the mountain, that God says to Moses, come up to the mountain and I will give you more, right? In, in Exodus 24, 11, I think it is, right? And so Abraham intuitively, having heard God's word, says, give me some more. Give me give me some content. Give me, I want content. You know, I want to know, like it's to be a blessing is one thing, but but Tell me more. And I'm thinking like to to get you're never satisfied if you're a prophet. You're never satisfied that, if you're that's a That's correct, but what are you not satisfied with? So I think here, you know, maybe Boober has the best word. And that is that the revelation is not a content, but it's an experience that you know you have endured. And I don't know that Abraham is looking for a content. But you know, God is uh, is ephemeral. He's evanescent. He's fleeting. You can't pin him down. And you know, one of the great images that Buber brings, I think, in the prophetic faith, is this idea that the original God of the patriarchs was a traveling God. Yeah. So Abraham does a lot of traveling in the land. And almost every place he goes, he's going to find God. And I think, you know, that's significant. I don't agree with you there. I think almost every place he goes, he's going to look for God. And God only talks to him in certain places. Look, but but it's a, a fairly large number of places compared to the places that are mentioned. He, he He's moving around in a lot of different places. He goes down to Egypt, he comes back, etc. And then and then he's back in the land, and then they have this this... He's with Lot, and the, his uh, shepherds and Lot's shepherds have a have a, a fight, a conflict, and he he's wise to himself, and he 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 gives. It's in his parsha. He says to Lot, "Look, you know, whatever you want, you want to go right, go right. You want to go left, go left. You want this, choose whatever land you 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 go to. We can't be together." And Lot chooses the 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 the, the Jordan. Valley, basically, which is lush and watered at the time, and Abraham will stay in the mountains. Okay, and and it's at that point that God appears to uh, Abraham. You know, so this came up in a class I go to um, on Sundays. So where Lot ends up on the in the Kikar, um, the the five towns, Sodom and Gomorrah, is that part of the Promised Land? That's a, that's a really good question. 
Um, I, that's uh, one thing I was thinking as we started to have this conversation about his moving. Kum hithalech ba'aretz is something going to happen later in the parsha. Get up and walk through the land. Um, God says to Abraham, get up and walk through the land. And it, it clearly in that, in that element, it is a, um, by walking through it, you demonstrate that you take possession of it. Like, right. You, right. You, that is echoed in Joshua, where every place that you go will become part of the promised land. So I, I actually think what Barry is saying now is, uh, is, is really very central to this story. Um, is Abraham ambivalent about this gift? So in Shechem, in Elon Moreh, God says, I'm going to give you this land. And Abraham walks away from it. Now, when he goes to Beit El, Beit El is a very important place here in Genesis. That is the place that, ya that Yaakov has the latter vision. In fact, it's kind of funky because we know, because we're later Jews, that Jerusalem is the Bible's favorite place. Actually, that story seems to suggest a division between those who think Beit El is the most important place, those who think Jerusalem is the most important place. When he goes to Beit El here, or to east of Beit El, but near it, is that like a positive thing in which which we're seeing, aha, Abraham's taken possession of the land. Is that a negative thing, that he left Shechem, where, and he built an altar where God appeared to him, but he went away, because he wasn't ready to take possession of that. And then he goes to, to Beit El, and then the famine happens, he goes to Egypt, and he goes away. And when, when he has the division of land with Lot, is the point of that... Um, that the that the cities of the Kikar are not part of the promised land, or is Abraham again feeling ambivalent, and instead of taking possession of what God has promised, says, "Yeah, you know what, you you have some of it. I don't really need all of this." I, so, so I, I want to offer that that he's not ambivalent. He's quite restless, and that and that what's driving this this change of location is is the desire to hear the word of God again. Vaikra b'shem Adonai. I love interpreting it this way. And I'm very committed, as you know, to my own interpretations, which is he's but calling. Who else is going to be? Who else is committed, right? So he calls God, and he wants a response. And he, the text doesn't say he gets a response. He builds altars. And so what? He doesn't get a, so, get okay. a response. I think we have to think this through a little bit. The all, you know, Your interpretation might make more sense, I think, if the altars were in the middle of the town. But the way they're described here is that they're not in the place that you actually live. You go to worship God someplace. And this is going to be picked up later in Egypt, right? They have to leave Egypt to go a three days journey to worship God because you don't worship God in this way in those places. You're talking about there, the Exodus, right? So there are. And again, I think that going back to this idea that God is the traveling God is that Abraham could give up the plain because what makes the holy land is not the place, but it's the place where God appears. Right. And God could appear wherever he wants. So if Lo wants to stay in the, the Kikar, in the plain of the five cities, so God won't, will stop going there, except maybe with a little salt and uh, coal and sulfur. But, you know, I, I, I'd like to hear more from you, Elliot, about where you think these altars are and these trees are in relation to where a nomad or a semi-nomad would be pitching his tent. I think that that the mountain commands imagination and intention. I had this conversation this week in a class, you know, and and there was a, a really the, there was a fellow in 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 the in the shul 
who, who, who grew up in Montreal. And, and I said, no wonder, no wonder you're attracted to the idea of the mountain because this is such a beautiful city and the, the, the mountain, Mount Royal, dominates the city and it, it captivates your attention. It captivates your imagination. We don't live in, in that topography. We live in the New York area. We, we have to go far to see a mountain. But, but, you know, Jeremy and Barry, you know, drive an hour north of Manhattan and it's spectacular. Right at the Catskills. I mean, okay, they they they, they qualify, right? They're, you know, we we spent many many formative summers at Ramah, where where the, the vistas of Ramah Mountain, right? And I always had a dream, right, to that one day we would we would walk up there, right? Until I I took my bike and realized that I was never going to get up there. <laughs> It was never going to happen, right? But but the, it's spectacular. And so, you know, we we do these hikes and we go on these different trails to, to reach a summit, okay? And when you go to the summit, you have vision. Right. Why so, would okay. we want that? So that, that? There you made a good case. But the mountain is not where you live. And, you know, I again, what makes Abraham a transitional figure is that he is a semi-nomad. His descendants are going to be settled in the land. And they're going to need something different than what works for Abraham. Interesting, interesting. Okay, I see that we're we're almost out of time here, but that I means we barely even scratched the, the surface. So we, we got to the first verse. We got to the first verse, but... but Okay, it's a so really good verse. It's can you can you can we borrow some indulge our, our watch viewers and listeners to you, you you're desperate to talk about Avram and his flaw, terrible flaw. He passes off his wife as his sister. Jeremy, the moral, the moral, the well, the, you have to set this up a little better, Elliot. Okay, because ahead. either he's lying, which is a terrible thing, or it's true. And that's also a terrible thing, <laughs> right? Either he, his wife is his sister, and we think of Chinatown and John Houston and Angelica Houston. She is my sister. She is my daughter. She is my sister. She is or my Or we say that Abraham seems to be rather self-serving here. So the Pharaoh could take Sarah because that'll keep me alive. And who cares about Sarah? This is a... Uh, um... This is um, the story because there are three stories in Genesis, one about Isaac and Rebecca and two about Abraham and Sarah, in which something like this happens. And we tend to smush them together and read them as if they are, are all saying the same thing. In the second of the two stories about Abraham and Sarah, the Torah is very clear that God strikes the, the people in Abimelech's household. And so whatever bad thing they were planning on doing to Sarah, um, they are incapable of, of doing that bad thing. And we tend to think, oh, that must have happened. And the Midrash does say that also, that that, that happened in Pharaoh's harem as well. But the Bible is actually quite clear that it's not true. Um, and they the, the Pharaoh's courtiers see her, and they say, wow, She's amazing. She's beautiful. And the woman was taken. Now, I, we got to play with the prepositions. The woman was taken 
Beit Paro, which could mean she was taken to Pharaoh's house, but I think it means Vatukach, just like Vatilakach Esther, it's the same thing, that Esther was taken in Ahasuerus' house. I think that Sarah was taken in Pharaoh's house. She she is, in fact, uh, made into a harem woman in Pharaoh's place, and she's not kept safe by God's miraculous intervention. And so I think that Abraham, and, and with this I'm, I'm reading, this is not just a modern reader looking at the Bible, uh, Ramban, Nachmanides, says Abraham did something absolutely awful by exposing his wife to sexual violation um, to save his own skin. And Ramban says that the reason that the Israelites were ultimately enslaved in Egypt was because of this failing. And I, I just want to point out that this is punishment for, for Abraham's failing. And I just want to point out that um, one of the, the the subtlety of the of the uh, Bible text here, it says, Abraham says to her, listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to tell, tell them that you're my sister and and they will uh, kill me and they will save you alive. Is almost exact same words of what happens when the babies, the, the Jewish babies or Israelite babies are, are killed in Egypt. The boys they kill and the girls they save alive. Abraham says they will kill me and you they will save alive. And so it lets you know that in the Exodus story, when the girl children are saved alive from the Egyptians, it wasn't for mercy. Um, it, go, yeah. it, it was in this kind of sexual exploitation. And so what happens in the end of this story is, I mean, I, I, I don't not, not want to say all is well that ends well, but what happens is exactly what happens after the Exodus, which is to say that they go free with Rechush Gadol. They go forth with great wealth. And the same thing happens to Abraham. He goes forth with great wealth. I think the story is a is a kind of foreshadowing of Egyptian slavery and ultimate liberation. Sarah is held in slavery and ultimate liberation. But I, I feel like I feel like it is with, with with Ramban from the from the 13th century. It's not just me as a modern person saying, "Abraham, what are you doing?" But I do want to kind of yell, "Abraham, what are you doing?" Um, this this character who I early in this call said, "No, no, no, he's a bridge builder. He's a family man. He's a loyal person. He's 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 about sociality and family." Actually, this one is the opposite. All this right. is really bad. I just want to point out a couple of things because we have to go, and 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 that is there's so many times that God speaks to Abraham in this thing, but the 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 seventh time that God speaks to to Abraham is when he gives him this large promise or the the big vision that the the people will be enslaved, and the eighth time is the commandment of circumcision. Ooh, ooh, How do you like that? Ooh, How do you ooh. like that? I like that. I said my chiddush of the week. Okay. Eighth day, eighth, oh, eighth, 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 eighth uh, communication. Well, we have come to the end of our time at 38 minutes here. Uh, and the, the Hayebracha, can I give everyone our, of our listeners a blessing? Please. We're Please. recording this here on, on November 3rd, 2023. Two. And on Saturday night, there will be the one. $1.5 billion Powerball drawing, $1.5 billion. <laughs> my, my recommendation, what's going to happen? The lottery's going to happen. May you buy a lottery ticket and may you win a billion and a half dollars and may you endow the, the Parsha talk in perpetuity. There you go. There you go. Beautiful. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you, viewers. Share this. We love your comments. We'll see you again. It's great to have you. And... Todah Rabbah!
if I pull out. שלוש אפים